Jay Book, we're going to start here. 614 Rob up in Ohio. Ask Jay Book, does he think Gene Smith and Ryan Day are on the same page when it comes to NIL? I would say absolutely not, um, and I know that to be true because I've talked to, I've talked to some of the people who are involved with the collective, and from what I've gathered, uh, Bill, here is Ryan Day really wants to push the envelope, and Ohio State, they're, they're proceeding with caution here. Now, Ohio State's never going to get into the business of paying kids significant money up front. They're not going to get into uh, Rosada type of transactions. But with that being said, they want to be able to have the funds once a kid arrives on campus to be able to take care of them. Right now, the problem that you're seeing at Ohio State, there's not a lot of uh, support coming from the administration. Um, and so that's a lot of that's frustrating for the coaches. A lot of the, the coaches believe that they're going down south in some of these SEC recruiting battles with one arm time behind their back because if they're neck and neck with a kid, and one school is offering potentially life-changing money, and he really loves Ohio State. And we've seen it this last recruiting cycle. Kids really love Ohio State, but at the end of the day, they decided to go elsewhere because Ohio State's ability to match those type of funds that were being thrown out there just wasn't realistic. Uh, when it comes to, to Gene Smith, they're not receiving any type of help from the athletic department as far as, getting the, the NIL initiative built up and pushed out. I know the collectors, they, they're struggling just to get Gene Smith to send out a tweet um, to give them some type of support. So I will say no, they're not on the same page, and there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, just recently, two of the collectors combined forces, which is a good thing. Now the next step is just to get everybody rowing in the same direction. That was one of the, the great things about Urban Meyer when he was at Ohio State. Everybody from the janitor in the building all the way up to the president of the university, the athletic director, assistant athletic director, he made sure that everybody was rowing in the same direction. Uh, but this NIL thing here has been very reluctant from the administration to really buy in. And, you know, that's confusing to me because – why would Gene Smith be so, and maybe disconnected isn't the right word, but so, you know, non-understanding of how important this is? Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Um, you know, just talking to some of the people who work the collective, the, the big thing is they've had numerous conversations uh, with Gene Smith, and he seems to believe that he's doing everything that he can to help. There are some people that blame the board of trustees. There are some people within the athletic director that blame athletic directors often that blames the governor because Ohio laws vary from Tennessee laws. Um, and so they would like the Ohio laws in regards to NIL to be loosened up. So there's, there's a whole, you know, bevy of people that you can point your finger at that a lot of people are pointing their fingers at to say, this is the issue at the end of the day. Ohio State football is funding the majority of these sports. Ohio State has a budget issue. I mean, they, they raked in, you know, $200-plus million in revenue from sports. majority of that came off the backs of the football players. They, they were able to get $60 million of donations from boosters. The, the collectives right now who are trying to help with the NIL, they can't even get a booster list from Gene Smith to say, hey, 
give us just the names who you guys are fundraising with so that we can go and call those people and say, hey, can you help us out? Can you, can you pivot and donate some of those funds to the NIL collective? Gene Swift doesn't want that. If any booster who decides to pull money from donating to the athletic department, he wants to have a personal one-on-one conversation with those people to express the ramifications. They, they just borrowed $40 million from the university, uh, the athletic department. They're building a brand-new ice hockey rink. Now, you, you tell me, Bill, hey, if we're needed to borrow money from the university, why are we going to go and spend uh, you know, a couple million dollars on a new ice hockey rink when Ohio State's football facilities needs a major upgrade right now? I saw Jay Book maybe within the last two weeks, I think, a guy that I've known for a long time, Mark Pantone, who heads up the personnel department for the football program there at Ohio State, say something. And and tell me if I saw this right, where because of what you're talking about, he may choose, they may choose to be more regional and not as national when it comes to football recruiting. I think that was Mark's way of sending a a clear message to the administration to say, if you want to keep this train rolling, then you're going to need to be able to help out. We all know and they know you can't win a national championship just off the soul of regional recruiting at Ohio State. Now, with that being said, you're always going to have the backbone of the program based off Ohio high school athletes. And they're darn good athletes. They're extremely well coached, but they're typically behind schedule compared to kids in the South because they don't have spring football. So you need to be able to build your core off Ohio talent, but you've got to go big game hunting in the South and out West, and you've got to go toe-to-toe with the Georgias and the Alabama for those difference makers. And I think that was Mark Pantone's way of sending a message, but also making it clear that Ohio State's not in the business of getting into bidding wars for some of these kids. So if a prospect's sole focus is on NIL and getting paid as opposed to being developed and then arriving on campus and getting um, some type of NIL deal that Ohio State is willing to do at that point, that's a whole totally different conversation because Ohio State will never get into the, the business of giving the kid millions and or hundreds of thousands of dollars of upfront payments. Jay Book with us. He's with Bugnuts talking Ohio State, Big Ten, what have you. Tom in Myrtle Beach, any truth to the idea that Ohio State canceled the Washington game due to further expansion, or was it simply just because of scheduling with Southern Cal and UCLA coming in? I think it's just a scheduling with Southern Cal and UCLA. I know Ohio State wants to add an additional home game. Um, It's unfortunate those West Coast games, they're a lot of fun to go to. I thought it would uh, be a heck of a resume builder, but with the 12-team playoffs coming up, USC and UCLA coming over, it, it appears that eventually the Big Ten is going to do away with divisions altogether, um, or if they do, it's going to be somewhat of a pod system to try to keep the travel uh, restrictions, this travel constraints down for USC and UCLA. But I just think it's just a matter of, the landscape is changing in the conference with those two teams coming in, and they wanted to be able to free up space so that they can get an additional home game. M. Roos in Cincinnati. How does Ohio State fix their secondary coaching issues? That's a big question. Uh, the secondary was a major problem down the stretch. You look at the last three teams against Maryland, Michigan, and Georgia, the secondary was a major liability. 
I do think that they have the talent. Being able to get the transfer kid out of, out of um, Ole Miss was a huge boom to the recruiting, uh, to the cornerback room. Getting the safety transfer from Syracuse will also help. But you got to play some of those younger guys like Sonny Styles. Um, get those younger guys ready to go and, and Kai Stokes. The interesting dynamic that a lot of Ohio State fans talked about is Perry Alano, which is the safety coach, came over from Cincinnati where he was the corners coach. But you look at the job that he did at, at, at Cincinnati where he had Christian Bryant, who's over at um, – or Kobe Bryant, who's over in Seattle starting as a rookie. And then, obviously, you look at Sauce Gardner, uh, defensive rookie of the year. You would think if you're going to bring a guy over who has the pedigree to get young, get guys developed into the NFL, that's what you want at your current program. But Ryan Day decided to move him to a safeties coach. So it's just going to be a matter of can Tim Walton, the corners coach, get that unit playing at a high level. If not, his feet will be extremely hot. Uh, I know Jim Knowles is going to be able to take a step back this year with the addition of James Laurinaitis. He's going to be able to run the, the linebacker room. So Jim's going to have a little bit more oversight over the secondary. But the most important thing is just play those Play those younger, talented guys. If you feel that they're ta- if they're good enough uh, to be here at Ohio State, they were all highly regarded kids. Get them developed and get them ready to play. Tom has another one. He says, I assume that McCord is going to be the starting quarterback based on his time there, third year, and he has some in-game experience. Is there really going to be a quarterback competition, he asks. I do think it's going to be a quarterback competition. Uh, I don't think we're going to get an answer on who the starting quarterback is until summer camp. Uh, McCord, I believe, will get the first crack at bat, but there's so many variables happening at Ohio State when spring ball starts. You're not going to have Julian Fleming and Emeka Ebuka. Uh, they're going to be sitting out recovering from surgeries. You look at Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to be on the pitch count. We all know what he is uh, as far as a wide receiver, first-round talent. So there's no need to you know, put him at risk of injury in the spring. So you're going to have a lot of young wide receivers that haven't had a lot of game experience getting first-team reps. On top of that, you lost your two tackles, so you're going to have to rebuild your offensive line. And then you throw in Brian Hartline, first-time play caller, who's going to be getting his feet wet this spring. So to me, I just don't think with all of those variables in place going into the spring that you're going to get a clear reading on who uh, the the quarterback is, neck and shoulders above one or the other. Uh, I think you're going to get Devin Brown. He's going to get every opportunity to beat out Kyle McCord. But to start, I do think that the relationship with Kyle McCord and Marvin Harrison Jr. going back to high school, I think that's going to play a big role with him getting the first swing of the bat to see if he can earn that starting job. He's in Scottsdale, Jay Book, so a decent tee shot. He's on that Arizona State campus. Now, are you hearing this, is this true? Rashada, obviously, according to all reports, had a contract that said over a period of time he was going to get $13 million. Obviously, that was voided. Never got it. He got out of his uh, national letter. He's now going to go to Arizona State. But some are saying he's not getting anything from Arizona State. Is that accurate? Do you go from thirteen million to zero? I I've heard the same thing. I've heard locally that he's not getting a cent from wow. Arizona State, and uh, I know he's a legacy. His father played at Arizona State, so that was kind of the 
the draw to throw them in the mix after everything fell apart with Florida. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that him going to Arizona State, helping him repair his image, and from what I've heard, the kid really wasn't as involved with the NIL negotiations and the talking points that a lot of people in the media leads to believe. I'm told that the adults in the room were the ones that were driving that ship. There were handlers as far as NIL management that was pushing that envelope there. Uh, as far as this kid, I think he just wants to go somewhere where he can play some football and prove his worth. And Arizona State being his, his father's former alma mater was the landing spot. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing that you go from $13 million to zero. Josh wants to know, is there a sleeper? Could you identify one at receiver? We know the star's names. You just reeled them off. But is there anybody to look out for? Jalen Ballard. He's, he's the guy to keep an eye on. He is this year's version of Jamison Williams. They've recorded him up to running to 24 miles per hour uh, with the sports science data that they're getting there during winter workouts. And he is one of those guys that can really pop the top off the defense. He didn't get a lot of playing time this past year. I just think that Jalen Ballard is due for a major breakout because there's not a wide receiver in the room with his size, with his speed. You're talking about 6'2", 6'3", kid that really needed to get refined as a wide receiver. So after being under the tutelage of Brian Hartline for the last several years, I think he's poised for a major breakout. Got about a minute, Jay Book. Georgia fans want to know, and I don't know if I asked you this before, but it, it bears repeating, wants to know if there is a Dylan Rayola comp. His his game, his his style, is there a comp? I would say Big Ben, uh, Dylan Rayola. He's, he's a Big Ben type of guy. Huge arm, not very mobile. Um, I watched him several times out here in Arizona playing against some of the best competition. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to move his feet very well. He can make every throw. Uh, he's a big guy. When he gets into college, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing around 240. Uh, his dad, a former offensive lineman, he kind of has that in his DNA. So you're probably looking at a you know, 6'3", 240 type of quarterback, 6'4", uh, that can make every throw with a heck of an arm. Definitely needs to work on his touch a little bit as far as the accuracy. And it's kind of hard to gauge when you're out there looking at a, a kid with that much talent going to high school talent high school uh, wide receivers. But, yeah, I would say Big Ben is the comp. Jay Book, appreciate it, man. Always good. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. There he is. There he is. Jay Book with Buck Nuts. And dude is so good. I mean, we got into some stuff right there, right? Did, did we dig into some things? I think we did. Yeah, he's he is outstanding. I'm glad I decided I should have done that years ago. That's the negative is I shouldn't have waited so long. The positive is he's he's coming on the show, which has been fantastic. Yeah, he is he is excellent. With that, we have to take a break. Tomorrow, Kevin Hagan. I taped that this morning. Ole Miss Evie. And also Brad Powers. Omni National Hotel. 